This is the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kitzer and Shaden Jones. Starting now. Good afternoon and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kitzer. We are very excited to welcome current WNBA player Cappy Pondexter on the show. Cappy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cappy has tons of accomplishments during her career that we can't even say all of them. But some of the major ones in her WNBA career are seven all-star appearances, two-time champion, finals MVP, three-time all-WNBA first team and a second team honor, all-defensive first team, and was also named as one of the top 15 players of all time in 2011 and top 20 at 20 in 2016. It is an honor to have a guest with as many achievements achievements as you do on the show, and hopefully all the fans enjoy our show. Our first topic of the show is your career at Rutgers. You led the team to a 27-5 season, including going 16-0 in your season senior season at the program. What was special about that team that made them so good and hard to guard? Um, I would say, you know, we were, we were very well prepared and coached. Um, I think Coach Stringer did an amazing job of making sure that the talent that we had at Rutgers was a, t- uh, a group of young women that could compete at the highest level, um, and she put an amazing group together. Yeah, as I said earlier, you had a great college career, and your great success in college also made you a big target for teams drafting in a tw- 2006 WNBA draft. You were eventually selected as the second overall pick by the Phoenix Mercury, teaming up with the all-time leading scorer in the history of the WNBA, Diana Taurasi, and playing under former NBA head coach Paul Westhead in your rookie season. Can you tell our listeners what that first year was like for you? Uh, The first year, uh, it was special, honestly, because it was my first year um, really understanding what the pro game, game was like, and I think Diana... Honestly, she did an amazing job of making sure that, you know, me as her top rookie was um, comfortable. Um, I was having fun and just enjoying the game. And, you know, we complimented each other so well that we knew right from the beginning that we were going to win championships together. And it was because, first, I would say that we came from great college programs, so we understood the game. And then, secondly, we just enjoyed the game. We enjoyed to play um, the game of basketball, and we enjoyed to play the game of basketball with each other. You and Diana have a close game. You guys both like to shoot jump shots and like to drive it. Um, I'm a big, I'm a really big fan of your game and also Diana's. So I really like those Phoenix teams, and they're really fun to watch whenever I was able to. Um, I also really liked your head coach, Paul Westhead. He coached the Los Angeles Lakers and won a championship. Uh, and Matt, Matt Johnson's rookie season in 1980. Uh, but the duo you and Diana Taurasi had will always uh, will go down as one of the best in WNBA history, winning championships together, and Diana winning a championship a few years ago with Brittany Griner as her new running mate. I'm really a big fan of her, and hopefully I can she'll be in the league a few more years and can see, gonna, gonna, uh, continue seeing some great basketball from her. But... What do you think made you two so special together on the court? I know there's a lot of things that go into it, but what do you think was the major thing? I think the 
uh, one of the main reasons was probably our friendship off the court. Uh, we made, we hung out all the time. She was like my best friend in Phoenix. Uh, basically, you know, we hung out, you know, in Phoenix on the road. We were always together. So that just made our bond um, off the court, you know, pretty good. And then on the court, it just made us even tougher because um, we always played the game for each other. We always had each other back. And I think, you know, we have two players at our caliber, you know, on the court, and we um, have great chemistry and we get along. It just makes everything else um, <laughs> harder for our opponent. And I think we did a great job of just being the leaders of, of the team and just allowing others to see that two great players can can play on the same team together. Like you said, uh, it takes a lot to go into it. You got to have the off-court uh, friendship. And a player said that in the NBA a few days ago. Kyle Kuzma from the Los Angeles Lakers said about him and Lonzo Ball. You saw them in the summer league doing so well. And I think that people talk about their success together, and they attribute that to their off-the-court success. So definitely I think that's the most uh, most important thing. And also having a good feel for each other during the game. It's also like the Golden State Warriors. You can see them. They really like to enjoy. They really seem to enjoy playing with each other. And just it's just a really great bond. But also during your time with the Mercury, you played in the 2008 Beijing Olympics for the United States. When people are selected for the Olympic Games to represent their country, it is always one of the most one of the most prolific accomplishments of their careers. People always talk about how fun it is to see all these different athletes go in the one place in the world. And I always wanted to know, what was that like, winning gold for your country? Winning gold for my country was a huge accomplishment for me in my career. Um, I want to say one of the top three accomplishments so far. Um, for many different reasons. Obviously, I've been playing USA basketball since I was 15, so I dedicated a lot of my summers and time uh, to the organization. And, you know, whenever they would call me up through the whole process, I, you know, I was always ready to represent my country, the 2008 Olympics. Um, and secondly, just having my mom be able to experience what it, what it feels like to be at the Olympics and for me to place the gold medal around her neck just a memory that I'll never forget, and I'm, I'm sure it's one she'll never forget as well. And you've also, like you said, you didn't just start with the Olympics. You played for Team USA since you were 15 years old. What's what's it like playing international basketball that's different than the traditional college basketball or the WNBA? Oh, it's definitely different because European players, you know, at, at a young age are pretty much professionals. So um, their experience, you know, in, during European, European players is totally different than, you know, a collegiate player here in the United States. So they're a little bit advanced in terms of playing the pro game. But, you know, we have such great athletes that our skill set is above normal. Um, so um, just the overall experience of playing in Europe and, Playing European basketball is great because it, it allows you to, you know, kind of expand your game and not just not just allow it to be one-sided. So I enjoy playing in Europe, whether it's uh, USA basketball, whether it's uh, playing for a team in Europe. I think that it's really cool when 
great players come together to support their country. But it also takes a different kind of player to be able to take a step back and allow the entire team to flourish because uh, in overseas basketball, playing for your country, it's usually not just one player still in the show. It's a uh, collective effort. And I really, I literally love watching the Olympics because, especially basketball, because it's, I like to see how the teams react to not being the number one player because most of these players come in and they're the best player on their respective teams and then sometimes it fails when they go to the Olympics because they're not really buying in to what they're trying to do. They want to get all the spotlight. But I really like how Team USA has done it. They really work together and that's one of the that's I think it's one of the main reasons why Team USA is always one of the always the top in basketball. Now switching teams after the Phoenix Mercury, you went to the New York Liberty and you had the best statistical year of your career, averaging over 21 points per game and having career highs across the board in rebounds, free throw percentage, three-point percentage, and field goal percentage. What was it like being the real go-to player and being the only true superstar on your team for the first time? Uh, our first year was... Um it was it was challenging. Um, my first eleven games, I think we were one one of ten, <laughs> and then we made like probably the biggest turnaround in WNBA history in terms of our record. Um, so the beginning was a little challenging, but I think my mindset, you know, as the as the leader and you know one of the best players in the league was just don't give up and continue to lead this group of women. Um, I believed in myself, you know, from the beginning to the end, and I think. Um, the perseverance that I showed uh, from the moment that I walked into the garden to our last final game that season uh, was definitely was definitely one that uh, you know I'll never forget. You know because you know, like you said, like you mentioned, I was the only superstar at the moment on that team. Um, we had other you know solid players that helped uh, drive the force you know to make the playoff push, but you know, I was the the go-to. I had all the top defenders guarding me, you know, every possession of every game. So it was a little challenging. But at the same time, you know, I, I really wanted to make my mark in New York. Being a franchise player, um, I got a lot of whiplash from uh, leaving Phoenix after we won that championship. But now I think, you know, as years go by, people start to understand, you know, why I left Phoenix to come to New York. And uh, it just all makes sense. Also, another thing that people don't really give credit to is that you were one of the best defensive players in the WNBA, so you were also relied on to lock up the other team's best player. So you're being asked to score the majority of the points, but also hold the opposing team to a low percentage and win that battle. But I really think that your time in the with the Liberty was great because you were really able to establish yourself and show that you could win on your own, and it was one of the is uh, the one of the biggest parts of your career. But one cool thing that I really liked when I was reading about your time with the Liberty uh, was allowing you to play with uh, former NBA player was uh, play under former NBA player Bill Lambier for I think your last season with the team. 
What was it like having a player with so much knowledge of the game as your coach? Uh, it was challenging. Um, you know, Bill Bill was looking to rebuild uh, New York. I was looking to add on to to win a championship. So our agendas were a lot different, and I believe is why we kind of collided and 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 moved apart. Uh, I think Bill is a phenomenal coach. I think he was a phenomenal player. His knowledge of the game is is definitely um, an elite level. Um, but you know, I think it was it was important that we you know, established that and then kind of moved on. And knowing that, you know, sometimes a player and a coach may not mesh and it's okay, it's part of the nature of the business. And you both find players and situations and organizations that work for both. And I think, uh, you know, that was part of the reason why I was able to depart uh, with the trade with Epiphany and myself. Yeah, a lot of people just naturally believe that the player and the coach get along together, but it takes... It takes mutual respect. I know you had respect for him, but you have to have different, you have to have the same views and stuff. And I know it's hard to do that. But as you said, Bill had a great mind, for, has a great mind for the game of basketball and was one of the best players of the 1980s and is widely known as a tough player. And one of the reasons why I think he's a great coach because he brought that same toughness as a coach to the game that you played. Um, I think that his time with the Pistons, with their with their best stretch in history in the 80s with Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars was just phenomenal. And, and I just love what he's able to bring to the game and what he gave as a coach and as a player. But, you know, you said you collided with Bill Ambeer and then you needed to get uh, a fresh start. And then you went to the Chicago Sky. You went... The team you play for currently, until until last season, you played with one of the best players in the league currently, Atlanta Deladon. Something I think is interesting, this is just some trivia for all the listeners, was that she quit basketball as a freshman in college, and I think she played volleyball. Uh, just some trivia for you guys. But what do you think makes her so special? I mean, Deladon is a young talent where, you know, which I league haven't seen since Lauren Jackson, honestly, but I think um, Deladon's dim skill dimension is a lot more advanced than what Lauren was when she first came in the league. So we saw Lauren Jackson to Deladon, and now, like, honestly, if I was to compare her to any male player, it would probably be uh, Kevin Durant. That's you know, what I think, a, too. A player who's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, that can put the ball on the floor, can play the 1 to the 5, it's a, it's a tough matchup for, for anybody. Because um, if you put her... With a smaller guard, she'll just post up and shoot over him. If you put her with uh, a big post, she'll drop right by and finish with the left water right. Uh, she's just a phenomenal player on both ends of the floor. Her length and ability um, to shoot over people or to defend and block is, is one of a kind. And I think, you know, she came in a time with a, when a lead needed to, to be rebranded. And, you know, her class did a great job of it. And she's the credit. Yeah, I love that. She is able to hurt the her opposing teams in so many ways. Like you said, she can score down low. She can score on the wing. She's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And she also is one of the best free-throw shooters in the league. So she's able to get to the line easily. So I think that makes her so valuable. She also has great size, like you said. Her length is able to 
disrupt the defense and allowed to allows her to hurt opposing offenses. Um, so I really like what she's able to do, and I wish her the best of luck with the Mystics. She had a great year. But, yeah, like you said, she's a lot like Kevin Durant. I've, I've thought that for years, and I've wondered if other people thought it too. Just she's a, you can't really guard her because, like you said, her size and her abilities, it's just unparalleled. So I really, I really think she's a phenomenal player. The, she's been a scoring champion, MVP, and she has great things to come. And I've got one more question for you, Cappy. You have, you're with the Sky currently. I'd like to know what your future holds with the team. I think you all have a bright future. And I really I want to give a shout-out to Michaela Epps. Uh, she played at my local university, the University of Kentucky, so I've watched a lot of her games. I go to Big Blue Madness every year, and I, I, like, I like seeing her. And she's a really great player. I want you to tell us what you think the future holds for you all and also what you think of Michaela Epps. Uh, uh, Michaela Epps, and that's my, my one of my favorite rookies uh, up to date. Uh, she's a, a a great student of the game. Uh, she listens. She retains information, and just her overall knowledge of the game is is uh, very very high. Um, she has a high level IQ, and I think that'll take her a long way. Uh, we didn't see much of her success that she had in Kentucky her rookie year because she was playing she was playing behind so many. Uh, veteran players that it was hard to kind of put her in rotation, but when she was in rotation, she was able to to give a spark whenever she could. Um, so she worked hard every day in practice. Uh, so big ups to her for sure. I think she's going to have a great second year uh, wherever she lands, uh, if it's with Chicago or whatever team. I think she's going to have a great second year. Um, in terms of my career right now, uh, I, honestly, I can say I have five elite years left in me to really kind of get after the game and close my career the way that I started. And that's my plan. Right now I'm a free agent. Um, trans agency doesn't open up until the end of January. So right now I haven't really decided, um, you know, what team I will go to. So I'm just all about enjoying the process of finding a team that will help me win a championship, uh, you know, going, finishing out my career. That's my main focus. I want to win. I want a third championship on my resume, and that's the only thing that I can think looking forward to. Well, my favorite team in the WNBA is the Sparks, and you said you're currently working with the Sparks, so <coughs> uh, you should consider them. Uh, I like them a lot. I'm a really big fan of Candace Parker, and I love Magic Johnson. I'm actually, the Laker game is on right now, and I'm jumping up and down because I'm a huge Laker fan, so I'm getting all tore up from that. I know how to recoup for this interview. So, and Magic owns the Sparks. I actually saw Kobe at a the Sparks game this year to watch Diana Taurasi, your teammate, break the scoring record. So just just keep the Sparks in your mind, all right? Uh, all right, for sure. They're, they're definitely in my top five. <laughs> huh. Well, good. Uh, well, Cappy, we're really glad you were able to join us, and I think we had a great show. Uh, we would love to have you back in the future, and hopefully you had a great time. All right, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is our latest episode of the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinser, and this is our interview with Cappy Pondexter. Thank you.